he owns the cattle of a thousand hills, and he owns the hills as well. Uh, and so uh, I'm excited just to see that uh, as we stepped out in faith, before the year even started, uh, God provided, which tells me God has some really incredible things ahead for us in 2017. And so I'd ask you to keep praying for God to use this church in a mighty way to make much of his name, to redeem the church and the community with the gospel by making disciples. If you would, go ahead and stand, uh, grab your Bible. We're going to come out of a a text you probably would not predict that I'm going to come out of this morning, but you'll see it has something to do with Christmas. Uh, If you'll turn in your Bible, if you've got it, to the very end, to Revelation chapter 12. And we're going to read Revelation chapter 12 together, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about it. And a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was pregnant and was crying out in birth pains and the agony of giving birth. Another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, and on his head seven diadems. His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them down to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. She gave birth to a male child, one who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron, but her child was caught up to God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness, where she is a place prepared by God, in which she is to be nourished for 1,260 days. Now war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven, and the great dragon was thrown down. That ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world, he was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and of the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they loved not their lives even unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you dwell, you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath because he knows that his time is short. And when the dragon saw that he had been thrown down to earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. But the woman was given the, the woman was given the two wings of the great eagle so that she might fly from the serpent into the wilderness to the place where she is to be nursed for a time and times and half a time. The serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman to sweep her away with the flood. But the earth came up to, help of the woman, to the help of the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed the river that the dragon had poured from his mouth. Then the dragon became furious with the woman and went off to make war with the rest of her offspring on those who keep the commandments of God and hold the testimony of Jesus. And he stood on the sand of the sea. You may be seated. Let's pray. God Almighty, thank you so much, Lord, for your grace and your mercy, for your opportunity to read your word. Uh, to, to focus on you, to worship you. Uh, Lord, for this celebration of your birth, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, I know that's a really weird passage to start out on Christmas morning, and it's not entirely about Christmas. Uh, what you may understand about Revelation is that there's some weird stuff in Revelation, if we're honest, right? And this is one of those that 
The reason I went to this text is we have, through uh, the past couple of weeks in church, through our choir special, through our Christmas Eve service, we've talked through most of your traditional text about uh, Christmas, and we even got to, with the kids, do Luke 2. But I think Revelation 12 gives us some perspective on the Christmas story, something to understand about the Christmas story. And, and I, honestly, I just think it's a, a fun story for us to look at this morning with the kids here with us. And so uh, don't worry, we're not going to get really weird with Revelation, but it does tell us a neat story. And as a matter of fact, it's based off of, uh, this is not an uncommon form of telling a story in this time. Uh, there are all sorts of Greek and Roman and other uh, tales very similar to this one. Now, some people like to use that to argue against the authenticity of the Bible. Uh, I think if we take an honest intellectual look at it, it tells us more about the authenticity of the Bible, that this is the true fable. This is the true story. Now, Revelation is not meant for us to take it literally, but this is telling us a story, and it's telling us kind of across across the time of Christian history, the, the important key facts. There's a lot of things here. As a matter of fact, there's so many Old Testament quotations and, and, and allusions and things in here. I could probably preach on this for hours, but don't worry. I don't plan on doing that. Uh, I plan on just walking through some basics of what, what I want us to use this story to help us see some perspective of the Christmas story. Because you know, I was watching last night with my kids. We watch usually every year Charlie Brown's Christmas Story. I love Charlie Brown's Christmas Story. Have you watched that this year yet? One of my favorite parts, and I love pointing it out to my kids every year, is, is when Linus gets up, right? So Linus gets up, and he, Charlie Brown is all upset because he, everybody's gone commercial with Christmas. Even his dog's gone commercial. Uh, and they send him out to get this aluminum Christmas tree, and he comes back with this little bitty Charlie Brown Christmas tree, and everybody's just dogging on Charlie Brown. And, and so Charlie Brown finally uh, just kind of loses it and goes, man, does anybody really know what Christmas is about? And Linus steps up, and he quotes Luke 2, uh, like what the kids quoted this morning. And he quotes that passage out of Luke 2, and he says, at the end he says, and Charlie Brown, that's what Christmas is all about. But there's a key moment, and you probably know this. If you don't, uh, I, I'm excited to be the one to tell you. Uh, if you. If you don't know this, go back and watch it. Because uh, you know Linus always carries this blanket with him. Everywhere he goes, it's his security blanket. It's what makes him feel safe. It's what makes him feel like everything's okay. But if you pay close attention, while he's quoting that story in Luke 2 that the kids just quoted for us, when he says, fear not, what does he do? He drops the blanket. It's the only time you ever see Linus drop his blanket. He drops the blanket right when he says, fear not. And I want to tell you today that uh, we should not fear, but we do need to understand what's going on around us. That this is more than just a cute story. Uh, that the Christmas story is, 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 is the, the center of history. That the Christmas story is, was an act of war. You need to understand that the Christmas story was an act of war on behalf of God unto the world. And the prince of this world was ruling this world. And God invaded that kingdom and came in. And this is what Revelation is telling us. In, in the first six verses, it's telling us that... It's telling us this is the fulfillment of the, 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 in, at the end of the, think of the curse in Genesis 3. So in Genesis 3, man and woman, Adam and Eve, have, have been deceived, have fallen. God is, is putting a curse on man, on woman, and on the serpent. And it says in Genesis 3.15, I will put enmity, which means 
beef or strife, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring, and he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. And there's all this prophecy, the first prophecy of the Messiah right there in Genesis 3.15. And Revelation is telling us this apocalyptic fable version of what's going on here. And so it talks about this woman. It says in the first six verses, And a great sign, this is the first of seven signs in Revelation, And a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. That's an Old Testament allusion talking about that the woman isn't just Mary. Like we can see that the woman is Mary because it's the mother of God, but we also see that in this Revelation story, in Revelation usually nothing means only one thing, right? And so it's not only Mary, but it's Israel as a whole. The nation of Israel, God's chosen people, represented in Mary, this young teenage unwed mother. She was pregnant and was crying out in birth pains. This is, is again, referencing double prophecy. This This is referencing Mary and referencing the nation of Israel. Crying out in birth pains in the agony of giving birth. And then another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns on his head. And seven diadems. Diadems are are crowns. His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them down to earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. You ever seen a nativity scene with a red dragon in it? Not saying that you should put a red dragon in your nativity, nativity scene, but I think we need to think about the fact that while it seems like this small little deal... This baby in a manger, in a stable. There's far more going on than what meets the eye. See, the enemy knew that this Messiah was coming. As a matter of fact, if you look through Scripture, the only ones that get it right every time on who Jesus is are the demons. His disciples, the religious people, they seem to always get it wrong Very rarely do they get it right the one time that Peter gets it right, right? There's one time where Jesus says, and who do you say I am? And Peter gets it right, and he says, you are the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus doesn't even give him credit for it. He says, this isn't from you. This is the Holy Spirit speaking from you. And we're just a couple of verses later that Peter screws up so bad that Jesus calls him the devil. But it's the demons who every time they encounter Jesus say, I know who you are. And they beg for mercy. See, this red dragon in Revelation is the serpent. This is what it tells us later in Revelation 12. That that on that day, that silent night, that holy night, that beautiful night, that first Noel, it was an act of war. And isn't it incredible that this act of war came through a baby? And so you're pitting a baby against a seven-headed dragon. And the baby wins. This is, this, is, this is how magnificent the Christmas story really is. See, when, when the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, it was not just a baby. It was the author and the creator of the earth coming in this vulnerable form, yet in this vulnerable form could not be swallowed up by the red dragon. We see 
are characters of the battle in verses 7 through 10. Now war arose in heaven. Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, and the ancient serpent, who was called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world, he was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of His Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. So let's think about our characters in this epic battle of the baby and the dragon. You've got the woman who is also representing Israel, the chosen people of God. You've got Michael and the angels. And you've got the devil, the Satan, which means the accuser and his followers. And it's talking, see, this is mixing all of Christian history together. The fall of the fallen angels is is tied in here. But the key thing here is I want you to look at that title, Accuser. Because this is the devil's greatest attack against you, is to accuse you. Right? And, And the problem is, he doesn't have to work very hard, because every one of us have fallen short of the glory of God and have sinned in such a way that we the wages of our sin is death. And so his greatest attack against us is just to accuse us of what is true, but then to deceive us and think that we're lost there. So he uses the truth to accuse us, and he deceives us to think that we're hopeless. And I want to tell you that that's obviously not the end of the story. That the great accuser, the dragon, comes before the baby in this sweet nativity scene, in this sweet manger, and he is the accuser of you. And he knows every bad thing you've done, and God knows every bad thought you've had, and he brings those before the righteous judge. And we will either see this baby as our Lord and Savior, or as the great judge. But verse 11, And they talking about the angels, and they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they love not their lives, even even unto death. This is now talking about the angels and the children of God. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath because he knows that his time is short. On Christmas, remember the birth, but look forward to the victory. The birth was an act of war on the Prince of Peace, but it was in his death that he defeated the dragon. The dragon one day did finally swallow the child. Some 30 years later. And he swallowed poison. Because the greatest poison to the deceiver is the truth. He is conquered by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of our testimony. You catch that? That we get a, we get a role here. That the defeat really comes in the blood of the Lamb, but also in the words of our testimony. Because see, this... The one character we forgot to mention in here, and it comes up, is us. 
See, you, you play a part in this nativity story, much like the kids got to play a part this morning. But you got to realize this nativity story was an act of war, and that you play a part in that act of war, and that, that the, it goes in through some more poetic and apocalyptic language to talk about how the, the dragon's defeated or, or cannot defeat the woman. And so in the end here, in verse 17, it says, Then the dragon became furious with the woman, and went off to make war on the rest of her offspring. That's you. On those who keep the commandments of God and hold the testimony of Jesus. And he stood on the sand of the sea. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. There's more going on than you think. I said, look to Jesus. I told my kids last night when we were watching that Charlie Brown Christmas and I was talking about Linus dropping the blanket that the lesson there for us is to, is to fear not, but to trust in Jesus. But not only to trust in Jesus in hard times, not only to trust in Jesus in difficult times, but to trust in Jesus for our pleasure, to trust in Jesus for our fulfillment and our purpose in life. That Jesus is what this whole thing is about for us. And I want to challenge you to trust in Jesus and understand that you as a child of God are in the sights of the enemy. But fear not. 1 John 4, 4. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Because the baby has always been greater than the dragon. He always has and he always will be. And that the reason it uses this apocalyptic literature and this, this language of this seven-headed dragon with ten horns is because it may seem really scary, but stacked up to the Son of God, it's nothing. And greater is He that is in you as a child of God than He that is in the world. And so let's celebrate the birth of Christ today. Let's celebrate by remembering the miracle of the virgin birth prophesied hundreds and thousands of years long before it ever happened. It was prophesied. As a matter of fact, all the way back to Genesis 3.15, it was prophesied that the offspring of the woman would bring death to death. That Jesus turned death upside down and that he started that act of war on a Christmas day when he came to this earth as a child. And even in that most vulnerable state, as John 1 tells us, the light cannot be overcome by darkness. It can't. It doesn't matter if it's a baby and a dragon. The light cannot be overcome. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so take the Christmas story and be encouraged. Be challenged to live this out. Be challenged to understand that greater is he that is in you than is in the world. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. We overcome through the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. I said it last night when Mary was given this unbelievable task of carrying the Son of God 
of raising the Son of God, her response, I love, I am the Lord's servant. I want you to know God may call you to some crazy stuff. It may seem like your marriage is falling apart. It may seem like your finances will never come together. It may seem like you'll never get married. You'll never find that person. It may seem like nothing's going to work out. It may seem like you're going to be $20,000 in the hole in your budget next year for, for the church. I'm not saying God's going to answer everything the way you want him to. I'm going to say he's going to answer it better than you want him to. Fear not. Trust the Lord. Greater is he that is in you than is in the world. This was an incredible act on the part of God. Because he loved us so much that he would come to this world. Let's worship that today. Let's celebrate that today. Just like the kids told us about. But also understand we have a responsibility to share that testimony. To be overcomers. To overcome the dragon. Everybody say overcome the dragon. But you never thought you'd say that on Christmas morning. But be encouraged. You are a part of the Lord's army if you are a child of God. If you're not a child of God, life may seem like a seven-headed dragon, like a ten-headed dragon, like a twelve-headed dragon. Life may seem incredibly overwhelming to you. I want you to know that a baby defeated the dragon. And I would love for you to trust your life to that baby. That came that Christmas day, this morning. Let's pray. God Almighty, I love you. And I'm grateful for the honor to get to speak out of your word, even if a little different than normal today. But I pray that it would it would sit on us kind of heavy. The magnitude of what happened that Christmas day when you came, that first Noel.